Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment. What's up, Patriot family and Liberty lovers? How you all doing this evening? This is Ty. We're coming to you live on the Monday Night Show. Excited to have you all here. Excited to have Patriots. Excited to have Liberty lovers. Excited to have God-fearing Americans in this group with us tonight. Um, before we go any further, I need to introduce my co-host, the Beast from the East, my main man, Jersey. How you doing this evening, Jersey? Patriots everywhere. What's going on? It's Jersey here. I'm here with Ty. I mean, can can I say anything better? I mean, this is great. This is awesome. We have a great guest tonight, and uh, we're going to hit the issues, bro. We're going to hit everything. But first, I just want to remind everybody, please share this out. Help us beat the Zuck. He's been kind of hard on us lately, but I, I tell you right now, I am determined to beat him. There's nothing that's going to stop us from trying to beat the Zuck. And you guys can help us do that by hitting the share button, by getting this out there, by helping us red pill all these Americans and people abroad. Uh, surprisingly, we do actually reach people abroad. It's awesome. Um, you know, and uh, let's get this going, brother. What's going on, man? How's your night? How's everything doing? I'm excited. I'm ready to do this jersey. I think it's going to blast. We're going to have a good time tonight. I mean, our guests this evening, I mean, we're going to dive right into it. Like Jersey said, please share this out. If you guys would like to leave a rant, the rant line's 970-368-5658. you got about two and a half of us a rant, what might be upsetting you about what's going on in the country now, or it could be something that you're excited about, something going on in the Patriot movement, something going on in this country that you're just pumped about. I mean, we have a president that's really taken it to not only the Democrats, but he's taken it to the world. But Let's jump right into the show. We're running a little late, guys. We want to thank Zach in the back for doing all the hard work. He, this is our new software. He's been working hard at getting ready to produce and lay this out. So I definitely think that uh, we're, we're going to move leaps and bounds here. But without further ado, I'd like to uh, bring in our guest this evening. If you guys like and share this out, help us get their message out. We have Jesse and Natalia from Lexit here this evening. How are you guys doing this evening? It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us on. Thank you for having us here. We're excited to have both of you on this evening. So basically for the viewers that haven't seen or haven't heard what Lexit is, it's the Latino exit from the Democratic Party. I mean, and, you know, we were talking with Jesse a little bit earlier about this, but if you guys would like to let us know what your organization does, what you guys are up to, what you have in the works, and, and, and we'll kind of throw some questions in there. But we want to give you guys the floor to let our viewers know what your platform is and how they can reach out to you. Yeah, we're basically we're trying to reach the Latino community, trying to help them embrace conservatism, leave the Democrat plantation, and just trying to do your homework, do your research on the issues. And then uh, we're about to try to help Trump get reelected. And uh, you can find us on, on all social platforms, on Lexit Movement. And uh, we just got back from Washington. We had a, a great visit over there. But uh, I'll let you go ahead, Natalia, and speak a little right here. Yes, we just had an amazing trip to D.C. We went to Congress. We went to the RNC, the White House. Uh, we had a meeting with the NRA. We had a Trump tribute party. 
uh, we had a blast and we were just doing what we're what we do which is destroying the false well-manufactured narrative that latinos were latinos therefore were democrats and that couldn't be that couldn't be farther from, from the truth historically traditionally the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we talk, the way we live our lives is really conservative. Hispanic community, and you're right. I mean, it's mostly Catholic community, real conservative, pro-life, and you see, and you're a hundred percent right. But they have voted Democrats so long; they think it's just kind of the makeup and of who they are. And that's, you know, you had brought it up, Natalia, a little bit before you were talking about the Latino woman, you know, getting Latino women away from the Democratic Party. What's your strategy, and what have you been doing to to work on that? Well, we have different strategies. We we see 2020 is coming. We're taking this to heart. We, realize, we have realized we can't stay silent. Our voices are Latinos are crucial right now because we're the largest minority uh, in the US, uh, which means we can literally change the course of an election. So we're trying to uh, establish an agenda uh, to reach and mobilize uh, these millions of Americans, Latinos, uh, we're still being, uh, that, who are still being deceived by the media, by the lies, by the left. And they have no way of getting the conservative message because if you see uh, all the Hispanics and Latinos outlets, all the, uh, the people that control the information for the Latino community are leftists. So we're trying to get the message out there. We're trying to fight against the, pretty much the, the same establishment. Uh, these big giant corporations uh, who are deceiving our people and we're just trying to bring light and truth uh, to our community and we are planning uh, we we have social media uh, we are planning to um, start uh, with rallies um, so there's a lot of things coming out we just came from dc we just mentioned that so if you want to add any anything to that jesse yeah i just want to yeah that, uh, like you said that uh, most latinas or latinos in general uh, are pro-life and we, uh, like you said, a lot of us are Catholic or Christian or whatever. So we all have a love for God and godly values. So that aligns more with conservatism. So we're just, for some reason, the Latinos, we haven't been voting on our godly values. We, and it's be, to me, it's because the Democrats and the fake media, they're trying to make Latinos single issue voters. They're trying to yeah. make us only focus on and vote on immigration and it's like and then or are they just like people like I talk to people and they're like oh we don't like Trump because he's a jerk or whatever and I say okay you're just focusing on that one little part right there focus on it on everything you're pro-gun right you're pro-life right look mm -hmm. at the economy look at he's doing for prison reform trade deals I could go on and on you should be focusing on all of that stuff instead of one thing that you didn't like Trump saying or, oh, because the fake media told you he's a racist or whatever nonsense, instead of focusing on that one issue, we're telling them, do your homework, okay? study on the policies and pay attention to what he's doing and then vote your conscience, vote your godly values. That's what we're trying to, trying to hit hard. And then we're just regular uh, everyday Latinos. And uh, so we're just trying to speak from the heart try to tell them, you know what I mean? They're trying to save our country because most Latinos, we, we know 
or socialism. So we don't like that, Latinos. So we're trying to save America from socialism. Exactly. Um, uh, maybe some tough, tough people you spoke to that had a very opposite opinion of you that eventually have, have turned just through uh, speaking with them? First, Natalia, yeah. I had this real good friend of mine. He's a good friend. He used to be because, well, you know, my past, I was an ex-gang member, and he was one of my ex-gang member friends, but he's a, he was a die-hard Democrat, and he was a, one of the biggest Trump haters that I know. And me and him used to get it heated. He, I, I think he was the main one that I used to argue with the most. Me and him used to get into bad arguments and everything. He hated Trump. He used to posting uh, anti-Trump things like 24-7. So we used to get into it. And then him, recently he called me. And then he was like, you know what, eh? I got to admit that uh, Trump's doing a good job, eh? And you know what? I'm going to support Trump now. And then I'm down with the Lexi. I want to start. So he even made like a little it little video or whatever, but it was cool. But I was like, man, and if him could, and he even told me, you know what, Trump's going to win by a landslide. If he got me to switch up, and you know me, and he got me to switch, so he's going to win easily, he told me. And I was like, yeah. So um, that was one of the main experiences that, that I had. But it's usually, because he, but see him, is because he does the issues and he does his homework. So he's seen posts that I was posting, and then just for me debating on him, was planting like little seeds. So that sparked him to start doing his homework on the issues. And then that's when he came to the realization that, yeah, you know what, can't deny. And then it was good that he was humble because some people have a lot of pride. And even if he was just thinking it to himself, but for him to reach out and even tell me like, you know what, I was wrong, Trump's doing good. And then we just had a long conversation. He was saying all the things he liked about Trump. I was trying to see, that's what I was just basically trying to tell you is that just to do your homework, because that's what I did. I told because I was a Democrat just like you, but after doing my homework, doing my research, not listening to the chismosa and just gossiping like that, just to do my homework, that there was no way I could no longer support the Democrat party. I have a story like that too. When you are a minority, you could say, and you come out as you come out as a Trump supporter, the world, the whole world, like your family, your friends, you're a traitor, you know, and they don't stop and ask you why do you support Trump? Why you think this better? They're so brainwashed. They're so um, how do you say what is the word for it? Indoctrinated that they just follow along whatever they say. And they have done that for so long. And, but once they stop and do a little research and realize, wait a minute, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in abortion. I've been voting for abortion all this time. Wait a minute, I am an entrepreneur. Do you know that uh, Latinos are the most entrepreneurs uh, within our own uh, ge geographic in, in the United States? Uh, so we are for capitalism but we don't even know it. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm voting, for, I'm voting for socialism. Socialism, I'm escaping from socialism. I came to this country to seek a better opportunity because of socialist policies. And now come here and vote for the same people. But we don't, we don't make the connection because the same thing we were just talking about. 
uh, the, the media lies and lies to Latinos so much, and we don't have a, 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 different, um, a different opinion that we hear. So that's why it's so important for Latinos to stand up and be brave and, and, you know, and take the hate and take the misunderstanding of everybody and just uh, uh, let the word out. And people will come. People will realize uh, that this is truly the side they want to be on. In that, I mean, you're on the road quite a bit, so I'm sure that you're starting to see more and more people tell stories just like yours and come up and want to relate to you guys. I mean, I'm sure you've seen a change from where you've started. Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's amazing to see uh, so many people. This is a time, if there was any time, at least from where I was born, this is a time that people are waking up, they're, they're realizing they, they want to change and they're excited about the change and they feel like their voice is, uh, is important because before people were like, ah, it doesn't matter if I vote or not, it doesn't matter. But now they're starting to realize, wait, it does matter. I matter. So that is amazing to see. And then that, that I've been able to recall uh, where a president uh, made people feel really empowered, um, you know, you guys feel empowered to, to put your stories out there. We feel empowered to be on here and try and put our stories out there, um, you know, and it's it's really cool to see everyone kind of coming together. And I've, I've talked about this before, how it's like, you know, the left is really good at organizing and sticking together, even when the issues are illogical and crazy. And I think that we as conservatives, as Republicans and libertarians are are, are finally learning how to get together and, and kind of fight back too. Would you guys agree? Yes. Yeah, that's what we, we Republicans need to do that more is we can't bash each other. Like if we don't agree even mm -hmm. on 100 percent things, we shouldn't bash each other or whatever, because like let I'll give Tommy Lauren like she's pro-choice and I'm pro-life, but I'm not going to bash her because on that one issue, I'm going to be with her or whatever. I'm not going to, oh, she's a rhino and all oh, start bashing her and whatever. But I, I see that sometimes I'm like, we, we don't do that because the left, like you said, the left, that's one thing about them that I give them credit for is they stick together. Even if the most ridiculous thing, policy, or whatever one of them says, they'll still have each other's back regardless, no matter what. And that's what uh, Republicans need to do more. I mean, we're all on the same team. We're on against uh, trying to save the country from socialism, liberalism. So we need to uh, stick together and quit uh, trying to attack each other so much all the time. Jimmy is the friend of my friend. I mean, we've come to the point where we need to stick together. We need to find the things that bind us together. I mean, which is probably in most cases 60 to 70% of the serious issues. And if we can realize that, like we used to in this country, we left the 40 or 50% or 40 or 30% of the, the issues that we didn't want to discuss because we knew were hot topics, we'd leave those at home. And it seems like as Americans, that's when we got more accomplished. Really? Yeah, and then too, uh, you know, what I was gonna say is so that's why we're trying to do it. Uh, like this is us. We're we're uh in the Benvenido movement too. That's why we were over there in Washington because um uh, it was the uh, official launch off of the Benvenidos, but we're united. We're coming together. The RNHA, yeah, RNHA, us Benvenidos. We're all together as one, and we're just all trying to just trying to save our country, trying to help help the president.
I wanted to ask Natalia one more thing. If you, you know, you know, Natalia, we had heard that you wrote a little article on the USMCA. If you, if you don't mind touching on that and let our viewers know how important that is that we get Congress to move on this. Very important. I mean, there's a few points, but the one point that really caught my attention was that the, you know, the, the NAFTA deal was supposed to help workers, but it did the opposite because there was so much uh, things that were, said, uh, were left unsaid and miscommunication, and they didn't help workers at all. Workers were uh, very bad uh, in every sense of the word, and it was very unfair. For example, uh, Mexico, Canada, and U United States, that's the NAFTA deal. Uh, the workers in Mexico doing the same job, working for the same industry, they were earning $3 an hour, in comparison to the United States and Canada, they're, they're earning doing the same thing, $16 an hour. And President Trump saw this and he's like, wait a minute, how is this okay? How is this fair? Uh, we're all, uh, so he came and, and talked to uh, Canada, Tradu, and Tradu didn't want to touch the subject. He, he started um, trying to bring this into attention. And finally, you know, he was able to convince to, to uh, Canada and Mexico. Back, back then, it was Peña Nieto still in power. Now there's a new president um, to bring, in, bring this to uh, this new deal that would help workers so much better into reality. And not only that, uh, he also, part of the deal was the Mexican workers now would have, uh, they can have a union for them so they can fight for their rights, they can fight for their liberties, they can fight for whatever they need, which they didn't have before. So if you tell me Trump is racist, how is this racist? You know, he's really, he's really in for all the people. And people mm -hmm. just don't understand policies. That's why, they th because he says something here and they take it out of context, they think, oh, Trump is racist. And that's all they show in Univision, that's all they show in Telemundo, but they don't, they don't tell the whole story. So we need to yeah. start doing our research and really understand what's behind a policy and why we need to support that. Yeah, the UMC, the, the deal, it's good for all three countries. So we need to, to get behind it and hopefully they will put it up soon and it, it'll pass like it's good for all, all three countries. Yeah, right? it's good for the United States also. I mean, farmers, they're gonna be able to explore more um, dairy uh, to Canada, and it's just a lot of things that are really good for the economy and for workers, uh, middle class, uh, uh, hardworking people. This is what uh, the build is for, not for the elite or the millionaire. So we need to support this. Which, you know, it's a trip though, it's see the fake, go ahead, wait, wait, one thing, there's a, see how the, the fake media don't like to talk about none of it. they just want to talk about fake scandals, oh, is Trump Jr. going to show up for the hearing, or stupid old fake things, that's all they do, because they don't want to talk about real policies, because all their yes. policies are terrible, so they don't want to talk, all they talk because, about is fake scandals. Because they don't want the truth to come out, because once the truth comes out, the people is set free, and, and that's our job, right? We want the truth to come out. And, and that's why they lie, so, they lie so much. And so, uh, like, for example, 
stories, and that's what the fake news media reminds me of is the stories that come on at noon every day, days of our lives. And yeah, it's that's all it is. It's not even news anymore. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> We need to actually pay attention to the real issues, the real problems that affect us, the, the real people, not Hollywood, because they don't know our lives. They don't know the day-to-day -day, uh, struggle of real people. Why do we, do we even listen to them? Especially me right here in California, right? I've had call like my neighbors and people that... So there's people that legal around where I live and all of that. Even they'll call me all scared. Hey, we just seen right now on the Spanish channel that Trump's going to deport all oh, this and that. And I'm like, what? That's fake. Hey, don't listen to that. Like they're all scared. And then even this last election cycle, right? Um, they had a, a commercial on the Spanish channel. It had um, like some Latinos, kids and babies and all that crying. Right. And then it was saying, oh, the Trump's trying to separate families. Like, Total propaganda, and it made me sick seeing it. I was like, wow, this is straight ridiculous how they're manipulating my people, Latinos like this. Like, that's why I always, me and uh, Natalia and all of us, we always, like, try to stress to the other Latinos is because the fake meat, the Spanish channels are bad, like CNN. And that's the main reason why a lot of Latinos are so misinformed is because of the Spanish channels are bad, guys. It's, they're real bad. Yeah. It doesn't just hit American networks or American, you know, marketing. It's, it's, it's hitting, like you said, Univision and Telemundo and, and all those different platforms as well. And it's everywhere. And we, it's, listen, that's what, it just makes it even harder for us to fight against it, but we have to. And so that's why I appreciate what you guys are doing um, because, you know, it's, it's tough to sometimes get out into your community that's, that's majority uh, Democrat and you know that people are going to stop talking to you. You know that people are going to think illy of you just because you're a political view, but you guys get up there and you do it anyway and you talk about the facts and you, you try to, to, to turn people that way. And, and I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us here. And one more thing, you know, uh, when we always say, what well, I always say, you, you have to follow the money. For example, Univision, the, share, the chairman of Univision, Sabat, Sabine Sabat, something like that. His name is, he was the main donor of Hillary campaign. He was who gave the most money to Hillary. And if you are for Latinos, and, and, let, and let's talk about Jorge Ramos. His daughter was promised a place in the White House if Hillary won. And he said it. So it's no secret so they're, after, they're not after or our the best for our people. They're after the money. They're after their own convenience. So we need to stop re start realizing they're not for us. They're for themselves. They're, they are making bucks. And they say, oh, I'm the representative of the Hispanic. No, you're not. You're the representative of your pockets. Yeah, so, it makes me sick. It makes me sick that they try to act like Jorge Ramos, um, Navarro, and Jim Acosta speak for Latinos. They don't speak for Latinos. Most, like I said, we're conservatives, so that's fake, right there. And you know what I mean? Yeah, and and they say if we're for Latinos, we need to support Latinos. Okay, on the presidential campaign, there were two Latinos, right? Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz. We never. They never said anything in regards of supporting them but they gave all their support to hillary clinton exactly good point so 
it's all agenda and it's all like you said follow the money trail and if you let everybody know where they can find you guys your movement your pages and and you know where, where everybody can look you up and find your message and help share it out yeah we're on all all platforms on facebook most of we're mostly on, on facebook but instagram twitter all that just uh, look us up at lexit movement or you could also look up benvenidos hashtag benvenidos too if our new movement we're united with so, them yeah, and our we're team. working together with benvenidos too lexit. but thanks for having us on join up with you guys and uh you know i appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time it was, it was really awesome thank you so much a lot of fun man thank you it guys it was a lot of fun have a good night well, if there's anything else you want message you want to spread or anything just get a hold of us and we'd love to have you on again how is going yeah we're, we're getting nice and right now mm-hmm All right, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Later. Thank you. Jersey, what a great interview, man. That was awesome. I know. It's awesome. And it, it's cool because, you know, it, it's sometimes refreshing to get that little bit of truth, right? Like, it's, an, it's, it's refreshing to be like, oh, you know, this is what's happening in our community. And for some people to realize, like, okay, like, a lot of Latino, Latina values are those that conservatives also hold uh, to their heart. So, you know, it's cool for that type of thing to uh, to be out there. And um, it, was, it was really cool to have them on. And listen, real quick, if you guys like interviews like Lexit and, and you know, seeing Jesse and Natalia and what they have to say, uh, we try to do this all the time for you guys. So all you have to do is type liberty prevails in the comments if you do that what it's going to do is subscribe to our chat box and after it uh um after that ends up happening uh what it's going to do is is uh you'll get notified when we go live we're not going to give it to you when it's like teams and things like that it's not anything like that it's not about donations um i'm picking up background noise are you picking up background noise, Jersey? Yes, yeah, I, I was, but I was okay. I was we're good now. That was funny, so genuine too. That's what's so good about that. And make sure you guys also right, hit up ant line up nine seven zero three six eight five six five eight. Is it crazy that I still can't remember that number? No, you're good, man. And I mean, one thing we do need to bring up and to move on from this is you guys, if you've seen in the news right now, it looks like the United States of America is blaming Iran for having something to do with those explosions that were set on those ships. And we've got a mess on our hands. I mean, it looks like I mean, we have what we have right now is a president who has his hands all over in the world. And we have forces. I mean, and, and not only what upsets me is we sent, I mean, tons of cash to iran under the table that's what we did that's what obama did under his presidency he sent major amounts of unmarked bills to iran to basically use this money to develop 
arms against us to build their military. And I mean, and basically their guard isn't supposed to do anything other than protect their oil interests in the area. They were never meant to be the military of Iran pretty much. So I don't know. I think that we're going to see some movement across. We had Trump fly B-52 bombers. They've been flying bombing missions over the Middle East right now. And there's been a lot of rhetoric back and forth. Jersey. I mean, where do you see this going? I don't know, man. I, I would hate to see intervention into another country. I would hate to see their sparking off something where we have to handle business like that again. I mean, we were already there uh, earlier last year, you know, when uh, dropping mother bombs uh, and, and, you know, trying to break up those spying and different things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see that intervention, but sometimes it's necessary because of, because of everything going on over there. I mean, the Middle East is, it's a crazy place, man. I can't even I can't even begin to wrap my mind around it. It's, it's just the whole thing is nuts. And I hope that whatever happens, uh, like cooler heads prevail and we can figure this out. No, you're right. And what it comes and and Jersey, we have these things going on across the world. There's tons of things going on. But one thing that we hear Jesse and Natalia talk about is helping Trump and helping the agenda and the fake news. But what we also need to understand is the fake news is being pushed out by the media corporations, but what they are given is being pushed out by congressmen and senators and leftists and socialists and people that are against the president. And you know what disgusts me is the talk of the constitutional crisis. Zachary, you get a chance, let's listen to Kamala Harris talking about the constitutional crisis. We're in. Yeah, if you guys are House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, they say that we're in a constitutional crisis yeah. uh, because the Justice Department's not turning over the full unredacted Mueller report mm -hmm. and the underlying materials. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Are we in a constitutional crisis? I think we probably are. I mean, listen, a constitutional crisis is defined is generally when the, the, the system that we set up with the checks and balances when each of the independent co-equal branches of government fails to perform its duties. And I think that we are seeing a breakdown of responsibilities. We saw it last week in the bar hearing. We're seeing it in terms of a failure to comply with subpoenas. Um, you know, now being a member of the United States Congress and the Senate, I am seeing up close where the, um, there is a failure to respect the, the significance of Congress's duty to perform a role of oversight over the administration, over the agencies. I'm seeing a failure to appreciate the importance of testifying before Congress in a way that is straightforward and truthful. And that's what we're dealing with, Jersey. We have issues right now. We have people out there saying we have a constitutional crisis. And what I don't understand is, is the, the, there is no crisis at this point. What's happened is, is Trump has used the law, his executive privilege, to stifle some of this overbearing push for facts that aren't there, for the witch hunt that he likes to call it. So he has used some things that are in the Constitution and some things that are in the law books that have been given to him. So right now he is fighting the subpoena. So what happens now is, is how our system works, is the executive branch right now is basically fighting with the congressional branch. And how is it going to be settled? It's going to be settled in the judicial branch. Now, if Trump disobeyed the judicial branch, then we would be in a constitutional crisis. But at this point, they're just jockeying for position. This is the game. This is just a manufactured constitutional crisis. They call the border manufactured. This is a manufactured crisis. Come on, man. The con can anybody in the comment section, can you tie, maybe answer to me when Democrats cared two Fs, that they cared at all about the Constitution, period? Constitutional crisis? How about when Kamala Harris opens up her mouth? 
How about when Cory Booker opens up his mouth? How about when any of these Democrats run the 22 of them open up their mouth? That's not a constitutional crisis. Come on now. You remember how they tried dragging Kavanaugh through the mud. I'm not the hugest fan of Kavanaugh, especially with his last move with Apple. Um, but dragging him through the mud and trying to beat the move the goalposts instead of going through the Constitution. How about the Second Amendment that they constantly attack? You care about the Constitution, Democrats? Since when? Since when? Since you want to draw bar through the mud and make him lie and make him break the law because you weren't satisfied with some sort of investigation that we knew that was never going to come out, but now all of a sudden it's coming out. You don't care. You don't work with anyone in Congress. You demand everything. You demand, you know, things that aren't constitutionally correct all the time. You see this. Since when, Democrats? Can someone answer me? Can someone answer me when Democrats ever cared about the Constitution? They didn't care about the Constitution when they were trying to string up black people because they were running with the KKK, did they? Or the fact that they tried removing Dred Scott or, you know, or were against the Dred Scott decisions? Think about it, man. Since when? Since somebody, please answer me when Democrats cared about the Constitution. Right. No, they've trampled on it. I mean, you look at even in my home state, there's a whole lot of that going on right now. No, you're right, because they don't care about the Constitution until they think they can use it subversive or use it in a way that benefits them the most. I mean, and now you see why groups like Lexit and Blexit and Benavides and all these groups have come out and they are fighting and pushing back because our president is being basically, like she said, it's like a novella. And that's what the American people are seeing as all this is a manufactured crisis. But another thing that is pretty crazy is, is this, it wasn't, Jersey, here's all I've got to, 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 to finish this discussion. All I got to say is, is people are seeing through this between the mainstream media blatantly putting it in our faces to shows like ours here at Major League Liberty at Liberty Prevails Media. I mean, Will Johnson, I mean, all the other citizens journalists that are out there spitting the truth. I think people are starting to see through it. I really think they are starting to see through it. I hope so. Um, I hope so, because if they don't start seeing through this, I've, I'm losing hope on what people actually see and what they don't see. I don't know if it's because they're so blind that they try to, they try to block it out or if they really just don't care. And you know, being apathetic you know, to politics that affect your everyday life is wrong. It's wrong. Right. And you, and you know what else was wrong is we just had the unfortunate shooting at the STEM high school here in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. I mean, it's disgusting. Um, we're not even going to bring up the shooters names uh, and glory. I mean, basically, that's what they look for is the glory and all this. And they want to be talked about and remembered. But one thing we do have to talk about is the, the students from STEM high school were upset. They were upset, Jersey, because you want to know what a couple politicians and a gun grabbing group took a vigil that they set up and they try to politicize it. And we're going to show that clip and talk about this a little bit. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in Colorado and we're going to hit some of it. What was supposed to be a candlelight vigil honoring those killed and hurt in the shooting took an interesting turn. You see here speakers at the event, uh, political speakers, Congressman Jason Crow, Senator Michael Bennett right there. Uh, a sea of students holding up candles inside the gym of Highlands Ranch High School when suddenly the crowd started to storm out. So our kids, our STEM kids are outside. There was reportedly some confusion with what to expect from this vigil. Students, some complaining they wanted to talk about their classmates, not hear about gun politics from politicians, and stormed out in protest. Also, new video shows dozens of people heading back into the gym to continue their vigil on a smaller scale. Well, students were at that. I mean, 
there you go. You have even the kids in this country. We have the Lexit, the Blexit. Now we're starting to see young kids, which we thought were the most, which, which they are able to be manip manipulated the most, but they're starting to realize that they're malleable and that the left is trying to use them as a weapon and use them as the spirit, the, the point of the spear in all this. The, the problem with this whole thing is that, you know, you have groups like Everytown USA, you have people like Jimmy Kimmel, you have you have every Democrat that is like, oh, thoughts and prayers don't work. Let's go make laws. When, if not now, when? Okay. Because kids are here for a vigil to celebrate the life of their classmates that were just died. Okay. That's what you're there for. The appropriate response is to celebrate the life of the people who passed. The appropriate response is definitely not pulling all your gun rights, to, you know, your gun control groups going out there and, and, and trying to preach to some kids, some kids who have just gone through a tragedy, some kids who are who are there and are sad that the, their friends and their classmates are now gone. And we've talked about this before, and it's not the first time. Like I said, you see Jimmy Kimmel crying on TV, but the perpetrators, right. the, 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 the perpetrators, the people who did this shooting, okay, you really don't hear them mentioned because they don't fit the narrative. That's why you don't see it everywhere. And it's a shame. It needs to be called out what it is. Okay? This needs to be fixed. Listen, it absolutely needs to be fixed, but gun control obviously isn't the answer. And as you pointed out, the kids that are there realize that they're being used as a political pawn. It's all for votes. It's all for riling up the base. That's what everything is happening for right now is because the Democrats think there's some grand scheme on trying to run for 2020. That's all that's going on right now. They're trying to gain their votes and while up their voting base by hitting every key topic that riles up the, that the divisive issues between both parties. You're, that's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. And you're right. Disgusting. They politicize every single shooting. Every single time that there's a tragedy, they try to think of how to capitalize on it. They don't think about the, the human aspect of grieving and the emotional response of people. What they try to do is go and capitalize politically. And it happens every time. And that's part of the reason why Democrats make me sick to my stomach. And the issue that we're having here in the state of Colorado is they've been pushing a lot of Democratic policy down our throat. And Crow and Bennett, who were two Democrats that were speaking at this, um, I don't think they've apologized publicly. I know there's been some pressure on them, but the Brady gun control group that held this event was shamed into an apology. And uh, we'll show a video of this right now. The Brady Gun Control Group apologized for a vigil it put together for the Stim School Highlands Ranch shooting, which was criticized as politicizing the tragedy. Wednesday night's vigil included speeches by presidential hopeful Senator Michael Bennett and U.S. Rep. Jason Crow. At one point, someone shouted out that students should be allowed to speak, and some walked out in protest. Organizers eventually got with students and allowed them to speak. The statement says in part that the Brady Gun Control Group, quote, is deeply sorry and part of this vigil did not uh, provide the support, caring, and sense of community we sought to foster and facilitate. Matt Uris, covering Colorado First. I mean, there you go, Jersey. I mean, they basically had to come out and say, we're sorry for the big boo-boo that we made. Well, they didn't even say that, though. They didn't even say that. What they said is that they, they that this wasn't the, uh, the environment they were trying to foster and facilitate because these kids realized that they're being politicized and they're used as pawns? Now you're going to say that? What were you trying? By pushing your agenda while kids are grieving, what were you trying to foster? What kind of well, environment no, do you know what they were trying, trying to, to create? 
they were trying to foster another David Hogg, and they were trying to foster the same environment that Marco Marco Rubio walked into when they had that town hall in Florida. Him and Pam Bondi, and they tried to trap him, and then they had all those kids in there, and it was right before the election season. And if you remember, I can't remember if it was James Albio Acosta or whoever the hell it was when he stood up and he goes. And one of the questions we have for are you going to take money from the NRA in your next campaign? And that's, yeah, that's all it's about, Jersey. That's all they care about. They were hoping that some young kid that and then here's the thing is, is this video, they had asked kids from the STEM school to speak and nobody would speak for this organization. They had sent out emails and asked numerous kids to speak. So. I mean, they were just hoping that that David Hogg would stand up and lead the charge. And you want to know what? These young kids on this one right here, I'm going to give them credit. They're paying attention. And maybe they'll start to open their eyes and see the agenda of the left. And maybe these young millennials that we give a beating all the time, you know, the young millennials that want to revolt and the young girl that was in here, the anarchist the other day, and they're going to look into this. And they're going to start to see, you want to know what? This group's been leading us around by the head the whole time, and we've had enough. Of course, 100%. And, you know, if you want to take anything from this, okay, or if you don't think that they're trying to push a political agenda, there's only one thing that goes in my mind. And it's that 100%, without a doubt, students who are grieving should not have to protest a vigil to celebrate life. There should be zero reason for them to protest, but you're giving them a reason to protest. And all you're doing is giving away the election too. So I'll take in one hand, I'll take it. And the other hand, I'm ashamed as a society. Right. And before we end the discussion of this, we need to show a video about the real heroes. Kendrick Castillo, rest in peace, who died. will stop in these shooters. And Brendan Biley, he's the gen he's the young kid that is going to be a Marine. And Joshua Jones, who was shot two times while they were wrestling a firearm away from one of these individuals. And with this next video, it's going to be a little bit of talking about the real heroes and the people that do need to be mentioned when bad things like this happen. I'm not going to pretend I wasn't scared. Like that, that, that stuff is immensely terrifying. Brendan Biley says his longtime friend Kendrick Castillo immediately took action when one of the shooters walked into their classroom and pulled out the gun. It happened so fast. It was such an intense, um, intense couple seconds that I there was no speaking. It was just movement and fighting and whatnot. Biley says another student, Joshua Jones, joined them in the fight. The three students jumped from their desks and slammed the gunman against the wall. The shooter fired off several shots as they struggled with him. Jones was shot twice and is at home recovering. Biley says he wrestled the handgun away from the shooter, but not before Castillo was shot. What he did was legendary, like he's a hero. Biley met Castillo freshman year of high school. I mean, I mean the, the thing about, about it is, 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 what's crazy about about this is, is we have a time when we're looking at, they're trying to take away our rights. And we just had the extreme risk protection order passed here in the state of Colorado uh, last month. And it's we call it the red flag gun bill. And it almost seems like Crow and Bennett showed up at this event. And, you know, this we're talking about the, the Brady uh, vigil. I mean, and you take heroes like this, it totally spits on them. It, it, it spits on the young man that lost his life. It spits on, like you said, the survivors that are kids that are there just trying to grieve a loss of a friend. You know what I'm trying to say? And what upsets me about this is, is, is we live in a state who is taking these things and they're politicizing them. And they have passed a magazine ban after a big shooting that they politicized. Then we have extreme risk protection order, which there has been shootings that they politicized to come with that. Well, 
the thing about Colorado as Jersey is, is we still are Colorado. We still are the West. And there's been a lot of pushback against this extreme risk protection order or the red flag bill because it's we, we, we had you've, you've been on the show when we've had Sheriff Steve Reams. He's been on the show and he said it goes against the Second Amendment, the Fourth. I mean, it goes against illegal search and seizure. It goes against due process. It goes against all these things. And what do you do? Well, we have sheriffs that are fighting back in this county. We have county commissioners in this county, in this state that have passed, even in my local county. We've had the county commissioner stand up and they made ourselves a second or Second Amendment preservation county. So we live in a state, Jersey, that has passed gun bills. We live in a state that has passed gun bills and they have passed them based on politicizing these shootings. Well, we have a bunch of sheriffs in this state that aren't backing down. And we have one in particular, Sheriff Steve Reams, and he's trying to combat. We have these tragic things happen, and we know that we have to harden the schools. And not one, not any child should be afraid to go to school. I have young children. No child should have to worry about being shot at school. But until we look at real issues, until we look at mental health and hardening the schools, all this other political nonsense has to stop. And we have one sheriff that realizes that we do have the United States Constitution and he's willing to go to jail to stand up for Second Amendment rights and defend off the attack of politicizing shootings. Yeah, no, and, and we need more people like Sheriff Steve Reams. We need more guys and, and more, more people that are willing to stand up to our Constitution. People don't do that enough now. And unfortunately, people are just too complacent to just let it go, let it roll off your shoulder. Oh, it's not going to be a big deal. As soon as your due process is violated, there is something wrong. As soon as your natural rights of being, you know, uh, a, a presumed innocent before being found guilty, or the fact that it's an illegal search and seizure, which is the Fourth Amendment as well, you've you have so many this tie. If anything, this is the constitutional crisis. This must right. constitutional crisis that Kamala Harris is talking about, because right now this is the only constitutional crisis that I see. This is a real crisis of of laws that are being passed that violate the Constitution, that violate our most our most you know, structured, our most sound to me the the most important amendment. Listen, second protects the first and, and as follows. The second protects your legal search and seizure because when a tyrant is trying to steal from you, you're able to defend yourself. When you Your Second Amendment rights protect your natural rights as a person to be able to defend yourself, period. You, when born, God said, Nick, Jersey, Ty, you can defend yourself. You should have the right to defend yourself. What kind of society would we live in if you couldn't do that, do those things? And, you know, it, we need more people like Steve Reams. We need we need more people um, to get together. And, you know, there are other sheriffs that have followed suit, which is awesome. There are other people that stand with him. And, you know, there's there are people that that show support for Steve Reams, like. Yeah, go ahead. If you want to go ahead, Zach, and roll a clip on Sheriff Steve Reams. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. No, you're, you're good. good. Two sheriffs, between them more than 60 years in law enforcement, but now deeply divided over one law. The extreme risk protection orders give judges the power to decide if officers can temporarily take away guns from people thought to be at high risk of harming themselves or others. It's been passed in 15 states across the country, and it takes effect in Colorado next year. We just don't agree on, on this law. But Weld County, Colorado <laughs> Sheriff Steve Reams is so strongly against enforcing it, he's willing to go to jail. 
arguing the law goes against several amendments, including those governing unreasonable seizures of property and the right to bear arms. And that, in your opinion, is a violation of the Constitution? Uh, absolutely. That's, um, that turns due process on its head. Reams' reaction may seem extreme, but more than half of Colorado's 64 counties also opposed the law, some even declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuary counties. House bill. And what's really exciting about this, you guys, is right now to support Sheriff Steve Reams and, and, and the Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams and all the other sheriffs that said that they would go to jail to stand against the red flag extreme risk protection order in the state of Colorado. Well, they're having an event for them. It's called Fighting the Stranglehold of Our Constitution, an American Celebration. And it's going to be June 21st, 2019 at the island at Pelican Lakes. And that's in Windsor, Colorado. And you guys guess who's going to be there? None only, I mean, none other than Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent is going to be here to support these great sheriffs. We know Uncle Ted, he's a gun nut. He's a big 2A guy. He's a hunter. He comes to Colorado. He actually hunts in my hometown all the time on guided hunts. Well, he's going to be here. It's going to be on, like I said, on June 21st. You guys can get the tickets. Um, if you want to go ahead and go to Sheriff Steve Reams' page, you can find all the information on where to get tickets to help uh, support this sheriff, the other sheriffs. Um, it's going to be a good time. So we just wanted to go ahead and let everybody know about that event. So like I said, go to Wild Shall uh, County Sheriff Steve Reams' page. Check out the Fighting the Stranglehold of Our Constitution celebration. And like we said, Uncle Ted's going to be here in Colorado to stand with these sheriffs. I mean, Jersey, don't you think that that's going to be a great opportunity to show the gun grabbers in Colorado and the people that politicize these horrible events that you want to know what? We have constitutionalists in this county that aren't going to, or this state that aren't going to allow the constitutional crisis that you mentioned. Yeah, man. Like, and in Colorado, like New Jersey, um, needs that right now. They need this, you know, the the showing that we still love the Constitution and what it stands for. We love the country, bare bones. And it, you know, it's 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 really. I feel like even though in a, a political climate for both of our states, where it seems like that's kind of slipping away, it's refreshing to see a group of people willing to get together and stand behind somebody for making the correct, not only moral decision but constitutional decision and you know i'm really excited for for um for you know um the to to try and bring awareness to the stranglehold on the constitution i love the name of that thing man right can't but, wait to meet uncle ted and hope to see you guys there absolutely and and listen you're you're state going going kind of crazy right now you got representatives getting in trouble and everything maybe not getting in trouble uh you know how how's that well, working out <laughs> Here's the deal is, as you guys, there was a big recall set up for actually this is in Zach's County and Weld, uh, Rochelle Galindo, she's a Democrat out of Greeley, and there was a recall effort set up to get her out of office because she basically voted against the gas and oil community, which Weld County consists of gas and oil. There was a huge rancher that put up a big sum of money to help get the recall effort against her. It looked like the recall signatures were already being met. And then there was some action other than recall action to happen. Zach, if you'll roll that clip, please. A Colorado state representative who was facing a recall effort has resigned effective immediately. In a statement posted on Facebook, Rochelle Galindo, a Democrat from Greeley, said she served to the best of her ability and that she would not put her constituents through a recall based on, quote, political smear tactics and false allegations, though the nature of the allegations is unclear. Galindo, a Latina lesbian, was a freshman representative in the first year of her term. A Democratic Vacancy Committee will select her replacement. See, and that's 
the crazy thing about a jersey is before we get into what I think that's going to happen is Sean Boyd from CBS4 on Twitter. This was her thing. Breaking, Rochelle Galindo resigns amid sexual assault allegations. She says it's false, but make her recall effort unattainable. And that's from CBS Denver. Sean Boyd broke this story. But you know what I think about it is, Jersey, is I, the story was broke. And I know that she was going to get recalled, but she just played the quick way out. And right now a vacancy committee is just going to appoint another Democrat into her seat. And there will be no recall effort unless they decide to recall the next person put in the seat. But all the legislation has been passed. So you really won't see much action on that until next legislative, so, le legislative cycle. So from someone who's outside the state like myself, okay. So as I understand what's going on is that she is uh, resigning over quote-unquote allegations and recently or as of now she was there's an active petition for a recall meaning that they think that she's not fit for her duties so they want to replace her um so what happens is is what she's doing is is resigning just to pick someone to put in her place so that person won't get recalled is that is that exactly how it's working or how you would think the strategy would go well I think the point down is what it, it has come to. I mean, we know this is all politics. We know every time that there's crazy things going on. I mean, we know people always try to dig up and unearth bones in closets, sultry messages. I mean, who knows what this is all, all about? We know that it's of this manner. But I think what it is, Jersey, is it is that there's pressure on her to resign. The thing I want to know is, is how long and who's knowing about this? How high up does this go? Into does, How high up does this go in our state? When it comes to Democratic Party, who knew about it? Did the governor know about it? Did the head of the Democratic House know? Did the head of the Senate know? I mean, what was known before this? Because there had to be pressure. This just didn't happen overnight. Um, secondly, back to your topic is, as you are right, is she did say that. She said that there wasn't going to be. Um, there wasn't going to be an issue with this because she did want the vacancy committee to put her she did want the vacancy committee to put her in this spot. And you're right. It is a political game because they know if the recall goes through, then they've got a special election on their hands. But with her stepping aside, with these allegations coming in and her stepping aside, it puts a lot of pressure because how can you recall somebody that hasn't even made any decisions in the legislature? And it is a political game. It's a political ploy. So, okay. Yeah, no, like, it's like a political said, ploy. I'm not, I'm not a hundred. I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent, you know, into the whole thing. And that's why I asked that question because, you know, for us that are out of state, we kind of don't get it, you know, but, uh, and, and, and it's up to the, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but it's up to the, it's up to the people in this state, the people like major league Liberty and people that fight for freedom and fight to keep the news out there and, and fight for these things to keep the pressure on this and find out where this goes because it could disappear. And it probably will disappear, but we can't let it disappear because here's the thing is we can't allow these things to keep happening and there be no repercussion. We have to keep bringing these things to the forefront and we have to keep telling the truth no matter if one person listens or a thousand listens. If we can get one person to listen to tell somebody and they can see how these sneaky games are going and how the Democrats in this state are running things, then we're going to be better off in this state. But you know what's really crazy is, is, is we always talk about tr Trump playing the 4D chess game is... Our governor, who is pretty much a socialist, and he's went against pretty much every Colorado value, the majority that we've ever had. He, yes, he, he's crazy. He actually got a call from the president because our governor, one thing I will give him credit for is, is he's trying to drop prescription 
uh, prices in the state of Colorado. And he talked about bringing Canadian prescription or Canadian drug makers into the state to compete with U.S. drug makers. And President Trump gave him a call and they had a good conversation about it. Zach, will you roll that clip, please? You hang outside a Colorado pharmacy, it won't take long to find someone who will complain about the cost of prescription drugs. It just said it's really expensive and insurance doesn't cover the cost of everything. Christina so, Craig says she sometimes walks out when she sees the price. I feel like people um, are probably just broke all the time because all their money goes to prescription drugs. But help could soon be on the way through the unlikely alliance of Governor Jared Polis and President Donald Trump. Polis will soon sign a law allowing Colorado to import drugs from Canada, but he needs Trump's approval to do so. Polis says he spoke with the president this week and he likes the idea. He is supportive of the idea. He wants to find a way to get his administration to be able to say yes to Florida and Colorado. Uh, he thinks that it's important that Colorado be able to strike good deals with uh, Canada to save people money. I mean, and he, and he does want to save us money, Jersey. He wants to save Coloradoans money, and I'll give him credit for that. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't agree with, but when somebody does try to do things that are going to better this state, even if they are a different I, I'm a, an ideology in my head or the way that I think they should run the state, I'm going to give him credit with that. And it was nice to see President Trump reach out and want to make things not only better for Colorado, but for Florida, and hopefully bring that competition to the market for all Americans. So wait, so you're telling me that Obamacare doesn't work and people have to still spend tons of money on prescription drugs? I thought that was supposed to be fixed with the last thing. Oh no, it's going to take Trump, a Republican, and a near socialist to be able to handle that situation. You know, it, it's it's really crazy because, um, you know, what it is is that, you know, I, I like free markets. And opening up the drug market to the Canadian side, making it cheaper, is like a classic deregulation and free market move. And and I'm for that. And I, I like I like that he's uh, able to do that. It's very it's awesome. And let's not forget that he signed right to try as well. I mean, we've seen some uh, Canadian drug companies talk about bringing things. They pushed back right away, and their statement was, "As we have strict things." that we follow in strict protocols. And we don't know if other countries like Canada follow those same pro protocols. And because they're making the lion's share of the money when you see a prescription that's for 30 days is $900 from an American company and from a Canadian company, it's $190. Sure, they're not gonna wanna do that. They're, they're not gonna want that competition. But you know, another thing our president's doing is he signed right to try. We've seen strides come. We've seen a lot of strides happen with not only research, HIV research, we've seen all these things other Trump, some more stem cell stuff. But another thing he's trying to do is he's trying to overwhelm the medical industry. Zach, will you play this clip showing President Trump trying to show some transparency with Bill and Hello, everybody. Yesterday, Secretary Azar announced a bold new initiative to require drug makers to disclose the prices to consumers, and it's going to be something, I think, very special. You may have heard about it, maybe not, but it's the beginning of a uh, plan of transparency, and I think uh, it will have quite an impact. So thank you very much. That was a job well done, everybody. Thank you all for being here as we address one of the biggest concerns Americans have about health care. 
the Republican Party, I have to say this, is really very much becoming the party of health care. You see what we're doing. We're determined to end surprise medical billing for American patients, and that's happening right now. I want to thank Secretary Acosta, Secretary Azar. And what do we see here? We see him. What other industry are you in, Jersey, where you show up, they do the work, and then they show you the bill? It's like telling somebody, hey, come and build a house for me, and then I'll pay the bill at the end, sight unseen, no checks, no balances. And what we've seen is right to try VA reform, all of this. Sometimes your bar tab ends up like that. But it's typically you just ignoring the price of it. But, you know, it's, it's very cool because... You know, I've, I've brought this up to libertarians before, and it's a, it's a cool concept that, that you know, there's not a lot of uh, big-name leaders that have been able to pass a lot of legislation that would be, you know, for a more freer market or it would be for transparency. But uh, Trump, uh, some people could argue that he's a pretty libertarian president, although there's a lot of things that he does, like the spending of a lot of money, which, I mean, we can't ignore, and things like that that are, that are not that same ideal. But that by getting rid of some of these trade deals or restructuring, you know, getting rid of NAF, uh, of a, uh, you know, I forget what they're called. But it was NAFTA, the Ivory, you know. Right, you know, restructuring those and, and making things a little bit more of a freer market and possibly working with Coloradoans to, Coloradoans? Coloradans to be able to, you know, grab these drugs from the other market or to, you know, force companies to be a little bit more transparent. You know, as a libertarian, those are some those wins. And you can only imagine that when Trump was doing that speech in the back of his mind, that there was only one thing happening. And that's the truth. He's doing that work, Jersey, and he is winning, and the American people see that, and that's why we see, we seriously, we, Jesse and Natalia were talking about earlier, people are leaving in droves. They're starting to see behind all the fake news. They're starting to see that there's an agenda behind everything, and they're starting to starting to see more people in their neighborhoods. They're getting better wages. We've seen a surge in blue-collar wages. We've seen a growth in wage scale altogether. We see people being able to leave the, the jobs that they hate. They're going to more competitive jobs around the world. I mean, we have a lot of good things going on in this country. We need to embrace it. And that's why we win. And you're right. You play President Trump's alarm clock. All we do is win because that's all President Trump does is win. Um, one Here's something that's disgusting. The one place that isn't winning and they don't want to push winning at all is Mason High. And in Mason High, they're actually getting rid of competitive culture. And if this don't make you sick, I don't know what in the hell will. Zach, would you play the next clip, please? District is now doing away with the traditional honor, starting with the class of 2020. Now, leaders also announcing today they're going to start capping the weighted grade point average at a maximum of 5.0 and now instead of a specific class rank students at the top of the gpa list will be designated summa cum laude the district says the move will reduce competitiveness and help students mental wellness did you hear that did you reduce competitiveness let's get rid of these things that make you strive to make yourself better i mean i don't know what to say i don't even know what to say I feel like you're the same type of person. This is why I'm bringing this up is I'm the type of person that is, that is, you know, so competitive, so competitive that, you know, I make a game or a competition out of everything, even if you don't know that you're playing as well. 
whether that's working, I'm going to try to outwork you because I want to win and be the best. You know, there's different things. And competition, sport, and trying to be better than someone else, thus making you better, and possibly if the other person's competitive, making them better as well, is super healthy. Competition is good. The realities of not being good enough, but being able to work on that quality makes things better. Not making everything a soft little bumper. Listen, I hate to tell it to you, but there's only there's a reason why kids play bowling with the bumpers because they're kids. But eventually you grow up to be an adult. And you take the bumpers off. That's what people need to do. Take the bumpers off. And it's just creating the soft society. It's disgusting. The participation trophy society. Um, let's play T-ball. Let's not keep score. Everybody wins. Oh, even though you drop the ball, good try. That's just as good as catching the ball. And that's exactly what we're dealing with. We see this. I mean, and they're and they're doing this to our kids. They're taking that American spirit. We say it all the time on this show. They're putting young men in skinny jeans. They're telling you know they're telling you that you don't have to dream anymore. That the government will take care of you. They're telling kids don't be competitive because it'll stress you out. How dare you want to be the best in your class? And how dare you want to make a million dollars? Because we all want you to make the same. We all want you to be gray, man. And that's how we get you into a socialistic society. Is they take away any type of self-promotion, self-worth, self-enrichment, and they just want everybody to be the same because you want to know the old saying is misery loves company. And that's the way I look at it. But one school and one high school football coach, well, they look at things a little bit different. And this is the good news story not, of the night. And and not too far from where I am right now, which is kind of cool. So when I saw this story and I and I watched the video we're about to see, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And it kind of, and you know what? I'm gonna, do you know what I'm going to attribute this to? Ty, is that, you know, one thing that I've learned about being in the South for so long now, uh, unfortunately, sorry for everyone who's in the South, I, I love you, but, you know, being from up North, it's tough to really adjust for so long. But one thing that you notice is that down here, especially in the Bible Belt, is that a lot of people are family-based, a lot of people are, you know, based in conservatism, and it's a tighter-knit community. Uh, believe it or not, in, in my opinion, you know, you're you're more or less saying hi to your neighbors, even if you don't know them, which I would never do in a million years up north. You know, there's people are more friendly. It's a lot more polite. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. You know, when you walk into a liquor store, people will, you know, ask you an annoying amount of times if you need help with anything or do you need help finding something. And, you know, I would attribute that to the South and the, the conservatism and being from the Bible Belt. And I think that's a plus. And I think that this guy here, this coach in this school, they really get it. Roll this clip, Zach. Y'all like that? Athens football defensive line coach Steve Carter says he's always been mechanically inclined. And I fix cars, I fix coaches' cars, players' cars, just lawnmowers. So it comes as no surprise head coach Cody Gross thought Carter's skills would impact his players' lives beyond their Friday night lights. Coach Gross asked me, uh, Coach, why don't you start, start teaching these kids some stuff like that and call it Manly Monday? I said, I thought that'd be a super idea. Carter is teaching the players how to tie a tie. Not many kids wear neckties this day and time, but it'll come back. Change a tire, magnetize a screwdriver. You need a magnet to reach something. You drop a, uh, a tool or something down in your engine. Uh, I think the next one was checking transmission fluid and oil, just something simple like that. Coach Carter even taught the team how to saw a PVC pipe with twine. Okay, okay. 
He said the heat on the twine, it goes straight through the PVC pipe. And it cut it right. Smooth. So to see him cut the piece of pipe with a piece of string just sort of added to the legend of Coach Carter. Turn it over. This week, the players learned how to make jewelry for their moms for Mother's Day. I love my mama. Like, I'd do anything for it. And Coach Carter showing us things like how to make her happy. Like, that really touches me. What they really like is you to be creative and you to make something for them. Kids need to learn practical lessons too uh, about being a man. The whole Manly Monday thing has sort of like an underlining meaning that's like it's about just like us becoming men and it just really shows me how like the coaches care about us long term and it makes you feel good to know Georgia, that there's actually people and men in these i mean because we know that there's we talk about it all the time there's a lot of fatherless families i mean jermaine from conservative nation yeah. he's, he was on with you thursday he actually has a foundation that he's trying to you know he's talking about the fatherless generation and it's nice to see that there's people that recognize that and there's a lot of young men that can probably benefit from these lessons and they'll probably help them in life and maybe help them to be better fathers and, and help to teach these traditions and these methods and, and these tools and pass this on to their, their sons. Yeah, it's, it's good to see a coach kind of take that fatherly role when, you know, I can only assume that from the video and how the kids don't know how to change their tire, how they can't do simple things like, well, I mean, a lot of people can't tie a tie but that's just because we don't wear ties all the time. But, you know, right. things are things that, like, I remember as a kid, my father teaching me, you know, how to change a flat tire. I remember that my father taught me how to tie a tie. You know, my father played catch with me. My father was was there to help me ride a bike, and he was there the first, you know, right. for all these things, and he was there to celebrate me during sports. And, you know, I really appreciate this coach because I think that a lot of kids in this video don't have that same experience. And I am very appreciative of the experience that I had growing up. And I'm, it's, it, I'm glad that this coach is taking that role and realizing that, you know, I need to teach these boys how to be men, how to be better people. And um, when you have a close-knit family or once you're a better man, um, you can make better decisions and you're really just laying the base and laying the rail, the railroad and the, the work for a better society. And I mean, event, you know, essentially that's, that's what we do everything for is to better ourselves, but most importantly to better our families and doing bettering those things also better society. It's, re it's really good to see, man. I love videos like that. Yeah, I do too. It's a great good news story of the night. And that's what we're trying to do here at Major League Liberty is we're trying to develop better society. We're trying to bring you the news. We're trying to show you how to be political activists, how to make a difference and bring you the truth. I want to give some shout outs to Chris, Linda, how you doing? Adam, my brother, Eric. Thank you. One of my most favorite movie lines of all time. You typical toxic male. If you ain't first, you're last. Agree 110%. That's what we need to teach the kids. If you're not first, you're last. Straight out of Ricky <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, man. That's, that's the Talladega Nights. Right. You like you're right, Phil. You're right. We got Phil in here. Shop classes in home ec. That's where I learned how to cook was in home ec. I mean, my mom and grandma taught me a lot, but I learned. I mean, PK, how you doing? But you're right. The trade schools, I do I, I do want to say that because we need to get back to the trades. I mean, we have young men in this country that don't know how to work with their hands anymore. And they've been told the only way to make a living is with a higher education, such as a four-year degree. And what we're finding out is you're better off going to trade school or you're better off becoming an apprentice, being an electrician, being in a plumber, being a pipe fitter, because those jobs are paying a a lot more and there's a bigger demand for those types of jobs out of school um 
I want to give a shout out to Zach and thank him for all the hard work he's done this evening on this broadcast. I mean, he's getting this software down. He's the kind of guy he'll put in the time, he'll perfect it, and it'll only get better. Jersey, before we let our fans and followers go this evening, and thank you for joining us. Um, any final thoughts on this evening? No, uh, you know, I get I got fired up in the, the beginning. It's pretty good, but you know, uh, when I get like that, it's because you know it's it bothers me seeing all this going on and it, and it makes me feel more and more passionate and having moments like that and, and having you guys here to share that with me is, is really important to me. I know that sounds kind of corny and everything, but, you know, and shout out to uh, coach Carter, man, for, for showing those kids, you know, that, that, you know, even if they don't have a father, like he could be that fatherly figure. And that's, that's super important. Um, also, I just wanted to reiterate, um, the bringing awareness to the stranglehold on our constitution, um, the keynote with keynote speaker, Ted Nugent, um, you know, coming out there to show, uh, stand in solidarity with, with Sheriff Steve Reams of Weld County. That's really awesome. And it's a cool thing to see. And guys, I mean, get your tickets because we will be there and we are excited to be there and, uh, share that, share that time with you. It should be really awesome. But, you know, as always awesome show, man. Yeah, you guys check out, go to Wild County Sheriff Steve Reams' page so you can check out that event, get you some tickets there. Um, Major League Liberty, we love bringing this to you guys. Liberty Prevails Media, we've got myself in Jersey on Monday nights. We've got Logan and Louie on Thursday. Lately, I've been missing a couple Thursdays, but we got Jermaine. He's the solid right now from Conservative Nation with myself for Jersey on Thursday nights. We might have some switching up in there. And then we've got Big Man Lou on Sunday, and he, he brings you the heat on Sunday. So you guys also, I want to bring up the rant line again, 970-368-5658. If you guys would like to, please hit up the rant line, leave us a rant about what's either upsetting you about what's going on or something that makes you happy. Um, my recap, a lot of crazy stuff happened in Colorado since January, you guys. I mean, we've had recall efforts. I mean, we have uh, the, the governor and the president agreeing on things. I mean, crazy climate in Colorado. We got a, we got a lot of sheriffs standing for what's right. Um, Ty, I just love doing this. I just saw Adam made a comment. We didn't, first of all, we didn't, Lex it. Thank you so much for coming on. But we didn't get them to say Liberty Prevails, man. Oh, I totally spaced it. This new software is totally, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm concentrating on this software. That's my fault. I I mean, usually we're on top of that. We will get them back on. We'll, we'll get them back on soon to Liberty Prevails. This is my first time in the software, so I've kind of been like in shock with it. It's totally different than what we've been used before. But Liberty does prevail, and we're sorry for that. Thank you very much, Linda. How you doing, Debbie? Adam? No, he's 110% right. And thank you, Lexit, for being on. Thank you guys for being on, spreading your message, giving your platform to our viewers. Jersey, but before we let the followers go, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you all. And Jersey, what do we say here at Major League Liberty that we forgot to say earlier, but you're going to say and you're going to say it. Oh, it's not. That's not what we say. Oh. Oh. Well, that's one of the things that we say. We actually say it quite a bit here at Major League Liberty. But there's one thing that there's one thing that we strive for. There's one thing that we fight for. There's one thing that we stay up at night for. There's one thing that we go out on the street and we get yelled at and spit at and called names for. There's one thing that we always wave old glory for. And there's one thing that we're always going to stand for. And what's that, Jersey? Liberty prevails.
Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment. 